Welcome to Healthcare is Human, a monthly podcast featuring authentic storytelling and healthcare with your host, Dr. Ryan McCarthy. Welcome to Healthcare is Human. I'm Ryan McCarthy. You know, this summer's been boring and hot, sticky and full of bugs where I've been. And I mean flying bugs, crawling things, creepy, gross, leggy bugs, spiders, invisible, small, biting bastards, all of them. They seem to be everywhere that I am these days, crawling on me and buzzing in my ears. I think I've done more sweating and bug slapping, listener, since Memorial Day than I have at any other summer in my life. It's been so sweltering, in fact, that I've made jokes to my kids about possibly getting malaria or dengue fever from the pond that is near our house. West Virginia has legitimately felt like Brazil. Climate change and scorching heat waves, that's definitely a reality in my hood in 2022. And while I haven't gotten malaria yet, a friend of mine did get Lyme disease, but she's going to be fine. I diagnosed her problem and prescribed her antibiotics, so she got better quickly. Now me, I'm still making jokes. Now, my wife doesn't find them funny, especially because our cute dog, Trixie, is a veritable tick hotel. And I'm sure that eventually I will get some bug-induced illness. I'm sure of it. Just seems to be my fate. And after a pandemic, what can I say? I am now a touch fatalistic. Now, other than the stress of avoiding death by these bugs, my wife and I spent the summer teaching the next teenager in our house how to drive. Now, if you've done this before, you know that it is a very stressful experience. But outside of these items, the rest of my summer has been a string of hazy days and, relatively speaking, no worries. Now, compared to the last two years, these boring six weeks of summer 2022 have been a dream come true. And what a gift it has been to me personally. It took me a while to start to marinate in the virtues of this slow, boring, hot summer, but hear me out. Let me build my case. Now, at the beginning, I had no idea what was happening to me, or how it was affecting me, or how I actually desperately, desperately needed this boring hot summer. What can I say? I'm a creature of habit and I'm slow to catch on. But the truth is, I needed this desperately. Didn't know it then, but I did, and I know now. I can say now, with hindsight, that every flipping day, starting in March 2020, that I personally was under intense daily stress during COVID-19. This continued for two straight years often seven days per week in my job as a primary care doctor. You know, honestly, that period of time seems more like a decade in my life. When I stop and I parse out all of the different phases of it and the different roles that I played in this public health nightmare. It was my nightmare. It was your nightmare. I know now that my body aged dramatically on the inside. Well, let's take a look at my own personal COVID-19 scoreboard. We'll start with my nose. It doesn't seem to work anymore. After getting original Wuhan and then alpha variants of COVID-19, I can hardly smell. I would conservatively say that more than half of the world is unsmellable by me. 
and it's not gotten any better since 2020. So I don't expect it to. I can't smell my coffee or my own body odor or many flowers. It is so weird. That milk in the fridge, I honestly can't tell you if it's spoiled or not. So if you're going to drink it, you're going to have to smell it yourself. Now, if we move to my mouth, I can only taste about 40% of what I used to before the pandemic. And well, I'm grateful for every bit of it. For almost a whole year, I barely tasted anything. I remember eating a Philly cheesesteak when I had COVID-19, and I could not taste a single bit of it. I, of course, felt the melted cheese. I could feel the heat and the texture, but it was almost like the computer chip for taste was broken inside of my brain. So I will take what I can get. 40% is way bigger than zero, my friends. And it's funny, I can eat wickedly hot salsa now and not feel a thing. Now, my ears. I developed wicked tinnitus, and it's not going away. Now, I cannot directly attribute this to COVID-19, but it started this spring, and as I speak to you, the high-pitched noise in my ears is screaming away. It's actually louder than my washing machine, and as I learned this summer, it's actually louder than the ocean if I'm standing on the beach. I can certainly live with it, but my God, is it super annoying. So I have some real COVID-19 scars. I assume they're permanent, and this is the new normal. This is the new me. And by quote-unquote new, I mean from the standpoint of my senses, a decidedly older, less capable me. I guess that makes me a duller person now. First, I entered middle age, and then I entered a pandemic. My goodness, thanks for nothing. Then I have my less visible emotional scars from COVID-19. You know, I've often wondered if my stressful experience has some psychological and physiological similarities to working in a combat zone. People definitely did not shoot bullets at me, but that might be the only difference between the front line of a pandemic and a war. I bet it feels very similar on the inside to the participants. And I say this because many of my patients who are veterans of combat have told me about their memories, and they sure do sound a lot like mine from the pandemic. I told myself along the way that I was coping successfully, and, well, maybe I was, but the pandemic palooza, when it simmered down this summer, it took me a few months to de-escalate my own fight-or-flight system, exhale, and begin to relax. I had been coiled so tightly for so long that my body, and especially my mind, actively resisted relaxing. But eventually, exhale, I did. And when I finally did relax, it took me a while to realize that it was perfectly okay to sit on my couch and read a book. No one was dying around me. My hospital wasn't locked down and full of people on ventilators. My kids' activities were not all canceled, and there wasn't a single teenager depressed in my house and hiding in their room. It was, after all, okay. I was safe. So, I plopped on the couch, flipped on Netflix, and I did nothing. 
I've spent the last 20 years working as a doctor, and so I went back and watched some of the things that I had missed along the way with a busy career in raising children. It's funny that I met Tony Soprano for the first time this summer, and I had never dreamed that it would be so therapeutic to watch this man walk around northern New Jersey punching people in the face and demanding his money. It is probably a terrible sign about my psyche that I have found this experience so very satisfying. I guess in a strange way, maybe I needed it. Maybe I lived vicariously this summer through Tony Soprano. After this pandemic, I had so many people that I wanted to punch, folks who had made my life hard by obstructing the public health response and many of the things I did to try to help. I never did punch anybody. I just watched Tony Soprano do it instead. And my goodness, it felt good. As I started to unwind, I tentatively told myself that it was okay to actually consciously let my guard down. I told myself that there wasn't going to be tragic news today. And the result was boredom. Hazy, hot, stay inside boredom. Pet the dog, read a book, watch TV, get a peach from the bowl on the counter, boredom. Now, five years ago, a summer of listening to the air conditioner hum while reading a book would have sounded like the, like the worst possible summer plan that I could think of. Today, however, the buzzing of the air conditioner actually helps drown out my tinnitus and sitting still feels like an amazing magical spell. But a lot has happened to me. It's taken quiet and stillness to let the physical tension inside of me from this pandemic unwind and dissipate. Where is this tension going? You know, I really don't care. It's finally leaving me, and that's what matters. And I know that I'm not done yet. I know I have a long, long way to go. These tentative steps that I've taken in the right direction tell me that the quiet moments and still activities that I've been doing are going to be the key in helping my mind and my body recover from the frenetic pace that I ran during the pandemic. What I did in the pandemic run to the fire, as it's often said in West Virginia, to go where the danger was, I would do it again. There is no doubt about that. With the perspective of more than two years, I'm proud to have be a member of my community who could and did serve when I was needed. Now, I've hardly talked about the worst moments of it all, though. And while there are many to pick from, the eerie, empty ICU full of dying people, this... This, for me, is where a piece of my heart died in the COVID-19 pandemic. These were tragic and horrible events that I never dreamed I would experience in my lifetime. As a caring and empathic person, the death of these people wounded me, and a piece of me is never going to fully recover. I can't possibly forget ventilator after ventilator and patient after patient basically all of whom died from COVID-19. This, of course, was despite our desperate attempts to keep them alive. And there were no family members. Hospitals were locked down. It was just us healthcare workers and dying people. So you can think of it as soon-to-be-dead people on machines cared for by sad and tired people like myself. And one of the most vivid images I have from the pandemic goes like this. Let me paint a picture. 
A nurse walks out of the hospital, sweaty in scrubs, with a deep crease across her nose from wearing a mask all day, dark circles around her eyes, tired from an exhausting shift and dealing with a hopeless situation and often hostility. A brave nurse like this. Some of these memories will haunt me forever. I can still see these nurses walk out of the hospital and stare into the distance. Too numb to talk. Too stunned to speak. A look of WTF on their faces. And I'm sure I looked exactly the same. But because I was looking at them and feeling the way I did, I always remember how those nurses looked as part of my own feelings during that time. The terrible days of the pandemic, this boring, hot, bug-filled summer has given me the space to process what it was like. And it was terrible. I'm grateful to still be here and have the opportunity to look back and process this experience. And I'm grateful for all of the small victories along the way. I'm thankful every day for the brave healthcare workers who stood beside me and gave me the support and the love to, well, survive. I'm thankful that science and scientists gave us the tools and treatments to take a once-in-a-century infection and make it a preventable and treatable illness. This huggy, this hot, buggy summer, thankfully, won't last forever. Sometime soon, quietly and slowly, a beautiful and a cool autumn is going to overtake West Virginia. And I know that for the first time in two years, I will be renewed and refreshed. I will be able to feel all of the emotions of Friday night marching band and Mountaineer football. You know, though I know I'm going to smell a lot less of the fall leaves and taste a whole lot less of the apple pie, I do intend to enjoy every moment and every bite. The truth is, none of this has ever tasted this sweet, and I'm thankful for every bit of it. For the band, for the football, I'm thankful for the apples. I'm thankful for the land where they grow, for the baker, for the family to eat it with. Having survived a pandemic, I now taste all of the parts that I missed and took for granted before. And that's the funny thing about gratitude. It's all about what you have and what's left and a recognition of what's gone. But mostly, it's about still being here. You've been listening to Healthcare is Human. You've been listening to Healthcare is Human, stories from the healthcare ecosystem, ideas to change our health culture. This project was created by Ryan McCarthy. It was inspired by the hardworking staff of the Berkeley Medical Center. Be sure to check out the Healthcare is Human Facebook page to see amazing photographs by Molly Humphreys of Shepherdstown, West Virginia. You can find Molly's world-class portfolio by searching for Piccadilly Posh. Original music is by Isaac McCarthy, the one-man band. Kim Mattioli engineers the podcast. Some of our stories are featured in 100 Days in Appalachia. Check them out online at 100daysinappalachia.com. This project is supported by a grant from the West Virginia Humanities Council. Thanks to the Reed College of Media at our Mountain Mama, West Virginia University, 
Mountaineers go first. And remember, the next time you go to the hospital, a clinic, and urgent care, be sure to keep in mind that healthcare, healthcare is, is human. human.